Welcome to the Improperly Forward production of the Everything's Not Fine podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Bednick. And I'm Nicole Gonzalez. We live in a world where our lives are on display all of the time. There's a lot of pressure to keep up appearances and sugarcoat the crap. We're putting our foot down and saying we don't have to do that anymore. Everything is not fine, and that's absolutely okay. Hey guys, it's Cal. Um, today is a doozy. Nicole and I in this episode today are talking about the racial divide and uprising that's happening in the U.S. right now. And, um, I mean, specifically right now, but also just, um, racism and, and how we as mothers are finding a way to, um, to, to do the work as white women, um, against racism in our world. So, I mean, that's pretty vague. That's pretty broad strokes there, but I'm saying it that way because we're all in different places and we're in, in different, um, different realizations, different steps, different, just all of it. It, we're all in a process. And so um, if you're listening today and you're, well, if you're listening today, then, and you make it past the, <laughs> past this point right here, then, then you're in the process. You're willing to listen. You're willing to do something. Then I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that we did this episode so that we can all have this conversation together. When Nicole and I sat down to record this, there was a lot of going back and forth about whether or not we should even record it. Do we have a right? Do we have a, um, do we even know what the hell we're doing or talking about? And then really the final conclusion was we have a responsibility. And sometimes we may not know what the hell we're talking about. And, (laughs) but, but we feel a responsibility to have the conversation and, and to do to do some work in ourselves and our families and our homes and our kids. And so because of that, and because the show is about us talking about the real shit that we're going through and experiencing and doing as mothers, then um, it would be pretty irresponsible of us to bypass this of all things. So, so we recorded And, um, we recorded on Monday, today's Wednesday and holy cow, what a difference 48 hours makes, (laughs) um, towards the end of recording. And I, I even talk about it during the recording that I, that we're putting out today, but towards the end, there was, uh, I just noticed on my Instagram as we were wrapping up, there was a, um, a kind of a call from black women and black voices to um, silence ourselves and listen to to what they were saying and to what they were doing. And rather than all continue to just share our own content and share our own stuff to really take some time to listen and to share what they were sharing, share their hearts and 
Um, so Nicole and I decided to do that. We decided not to publish this podcast right away. And we committed to open our ears and listen and learn. And I will tell you, I have been working on in my heart and in my family, um, dealing with systemic racism for probably over five years now. And I have learned more in the last 48 hours of shutting my mouth and listening and learning and reading and hearing than I have in the last five years. And, and I'm excited for, for what that means for me. Um, and, and I, Oh, this, it's been a shit show of editing and really trying to figure out what is the best thing to share of even what we recorded. And even during recording, well, I had in my mind going into recording what I wanted to talk about, what I wanted to say. And I wasn't sure, you guys, I wasn't sure what Nicole was coming, where she was coming in as at. Um, I mean, I know my friend and I know she has a heart of love. And so I knew that she would come in with a heart of love. But beyond that, I, I didn't know what was going to be said or done during this episode. And so I had my ideas of what I wanted to say and, you know, challenge and put out there. And as Nicole started talking, um, I just had to listen. And um, you will hear her, in my perspective, talk about an awakening inside of her as a mom, as a woman, as a white woman. Um, you will hear the process of enlightenment, understanding, conviction, and desire to grow. And like I said, she and I are in very different places as far as this process goes. I think there's some things that she said and talks about that maybe were where I was five years ago or, um, and, and where a lot of us are right now. And I, I really wanted to share it because it's inspiring and, and it's just, it's real. And I hope that it's where, a, a common place that we can all relate to as far as being moms. And so I just wanted to share it. And, and I cut out a lot of what I said, I cut <laughs> and, and I just tried to be as quiet as I could as, as she's talking through things because it's a, it's just a really good starting place for all of us. And playing it back. There were times where I was like, oh, I should have been more deep. I should have said more. I should have done this. I should have done that. Times where I feel like, oh my gosh, we just sound like whining white women who are making this about ourselves and blah, blah, blah. Um, but we all start this process where we start it. And it doesn't, if we're willing to do the work, if we're willing to make statements, if we're willing to make mistakes, if we're willing, then how we start doesn't matter. It's where we end up and the work that we do and the, and the changes that we make. And so for that reason, this is, it's a very 
it's just something I don't want to miss sharing with you guys and and something I don't want to miss recording for myself to go back to and listen to again and again and so um I'm I'm sharing the episode and I I may pop on at the end and talk a little bit more about in the last 48 hours as we're listening and learning the things that I have learned and feel challenged by I want to share some of the voices that I've listened to that I feel like are valuable people to, to listen to and to learn from. Um, and so we'll get into that at the end of the show, but to start out with, here's just where we were on Monday. And I can tell you right now that I think both of us are even further along and have learned even more than we could have imagined since Monday. But, um, here's our episode about um, just tackling race and and what our responsibilities are as mothers and joining our hearts with the black mothers and standing at the gates to do the hard work. So I think that we would be not true to ourselves if we didn't have this conversation. Um, and as much as we want this podcast to be, um, uplifting and fun and an escape for moms, um, we also want to be responsible moms and, Mm -hmm. um, the things that are in our world that not only affect our family, but our nation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the nation, uh, our, the nation that we're raising our children in yeah and yes yeah. and 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 I don't know that I could that I could just have a regular podcast today where we talk about how I'm tired of being fat and <laughs> you know all of the things that we yeah. plan to talk about today would be so disgusting to me to to skip over what's happening right now and to have that conversation. And um, as much as I want this to be a place that people escape to and listen to these episodes and just escape from um, the hardship of life or at least have support through the hardship of life, I think we have to do this because it would be irresponsible not to. Mm-hmm. And... I feel the weight of just wanting to get it right. And we are not going to get everything right today, but I'm willing to do as much as I can and say as much as I can and have somebody come and correct me and say, it would have been better if you approached it from this way. That's okay. Yeah. Like at this yeah. point, yeah, I, I just... I can't be silent anymore out of fear of not doing it the right way because that is gross (laughs) and it does nothing to help people who are dying, like literally at this point dying every day and even inside of themselves, um, their hearts are dying from the pain of, of what's happening. So it doesn't matter if I get it right. (laughs) I'm just going to try. And yeah. So I guess that's where I'm coming from for today. And, um, and I know your heart is in a similar place. Definitely. 
I, um, I just have, it's just been so heavy on my thoughts and I don't even know how, I don't even know how to put it into words. So I, you know, I am, I'm right there with you. I don't know, you know, I might all come out wrong and I'm probably not going to say the right things, but at least I'm saying something. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I'm right there with you. I, I think all weekend I kept thinking like, do I post something? Do I not? Do I say something? Do I, what could Mm -hmm. I say? Like, I don't, um, and I just all felt like, I just felt unworthy. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I didn't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I think living here in Othello, I feel so far removed from it. And it makes me feel ignorant. It makes me feel um, privileged. (laughs) No matter how much I I hate hearing that word. And I keep telling myself, I'm not, you're not privileged, but I, I am. And my kids are, yeah. and you know, I, I keep telling myself, like, I don't really understand. Like I'm not, I'm so far removed from all of this, but it's like, I am to the point now where I need to understand, you know, just because I don't experience it outside of my home in my little circle doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And that there aren't so many other moms in our nation who are experiencing it every day of their life. Yeah. And it's like, I am just because I'm here in this little town. And I think we have, you know, maybe two or three black families, you know? Yeah. My OB, (laughs) my OB is black and I love her so much. I just want to get pregnant so I can go see her. (laughs) But it's like, you know, is that enough? Like I always ask, you know, I ask myself, like, are you, you know, am I racist? No, I'm not. But am I? I don't know. You know, like, it's almost like I feel like I have to search so deep inside of myself and you know, yeah. be honest to the core of what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? Like if I'm not, like I always try and tell myself, like I'm colorblind. Like I've, I've heard that a lot this weekend of saying like, you don't see color, you know, being in a multiracial marriage and having multiracial children. It's like, sometimes I forget you know, that Larry and I are two different races. Like I just forget and living in a town that's 90% or more, you know, Hispanic, I forget like 
you know, until I like go into a classroom and I see like there's one little blonde kid, you know, and then the rest are Hispanic. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like the minority here. Yeah. But when it comes to to the black people and their struggle, it's it's not it's not in my in my circle. It's not it's not even it's not in my town. It's not. And so I don't think about it. And then I tell myself. And even my kids, I'm like, oh, we're colorblind. We don't see color. But I've heard people say this weekend, that is not right. Yeah. We have to see their color. Teach your children that they are a different color. And this is what their color means. And this is what it is. And this is their history. And this is where they've come. And this is who they are and their struggle. I was talking to my kids the other day. We were watching the news last night. And I was explaining to them. Because even my kids are just kind of clueless, yeah. you know, because it's, yeah. it's not here. And I was explaining to them how kids are afraid to walk home yeah. because they don't know. They don't know yeah. if they're going to make it home alive. And they just look at me with, you know, big, huge eyes because it's, but it's like, I can't protect them from that because that's our nation. Yeah. And that's real life and I want them to know how lucky they are. Yeah. But I think it's so, I don't know it. Go ahead. I think it's so interesting and profound because well, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, even in a town that's 90% Hispanic, you are still as a white woman not a minority and and not i'm not saying obviously obviously numbers wise you're a minority but you're still a white woman which means you are second only to white men yeah in a town that is 90 percent in an area not even just your town but in in an area that isn't probably you're right probably you know a vast, vast, vast majority of people of color, of Hispanic people, but you still have more power than all 90% of those because you're a white woman. And that yeah. is very striking to me. Like it's very, and I hadn't even thought of it until you were talking. Um, but that's the very definition of privilege, you know? And that, yeah, and it's like, is it, I mean, Sometimes I'm like thinking like, I hate that. Yeah. Like I hate it. I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's life. It's. Yeah. But Nicole, if, if you and Larry were to pick up your kids and move to a place that's 90% white people, your boys, your kids would would live a very different life because they would know what it's like to walk down the street yeah. and not be sure. Yeah. And 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 not I, I'm not I can't say because I don't know what that feels like, you know, black or Hispanic or brown or you know, I I don't know because I'm as white as they come. But I know that your kids would have a very different existence outside yeah of your town yeah and you would have a very different understanding 
of what it feels like to be a mother who, you know, in a country that, I mean, that has to protect their kids. Yeah. Like I just, I, I don't. Yeah. And, and I don't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to, it's sad to me that there's so much division sown from the very top leadership of our country and not that it's not this is a new thing with a with this with with trump as president it's not new racism obviously is not new but blatant outspoken racism and division is more accepted in the last four years than it has been in our country and i don't even know how long and whether people support Trump as a president or not for their own reasons, there's no denying that. And, you know, your, your own children would have been, could be called monsters in our country because of the color of their skin and where their family comes from. That's possible. And, and it's, it's insulated where you are, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's possible there are people who could not knowing your kids seeing them walk down the street horrible hateful people can look at them and say that they're the son of monsters yeah because your kids do look hispanic they do i mean you know they they do yeah. have yeah. dark they don't look like their white mama you know or their white yeah, grandma no. they 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 have that and so I think it's it's hard, but I think it's good that this is happening, this awareness and and that it's hitting hard, you know, hitting home so hard because I think it's valuable. Yeah. I think we have to let Like it. I wish I like I almost wish I could take my kids, you know, down south. Or back east, you know, so that they could see, like, this is our world. Like, I just feel so, I don't know, I just, this whole weekend, I've just felt so protected and privileged, and it kind of makes me sick. Yeah. Although I'm blessed. Yeah. And although I'm lucky, it's just, I don't know, I just feel, it's just such a weird feeling. Yeah. To be like, why, why do I get to send my son out you know to walk home from school and I have no fear while someone else sends their son and they're scared for his life like it's just not fair yeah I don't know I just this whole weekend has just been so heavy for me but I think that's what we all I mean as white women, as white women, and as mothers, that's our job. That's our job. Yeah. And I mean, I I know that I feel the weight of it. And and then the next step is, what do we do? You know, how do yeah. we? How, and and it starts at, it starts at home. It starts with what we're teaching yeah. our children. It starts with having those hard conversations and making them aware. And. And, and, and doing hard research and finding out, you know, how do we magnify the voice 
of those who are crying out for change. Because it takes our voice joining with their voice for actual change to happen. They've been crying out for hundreds of years. It's not, it's not going to change until we join our voices with them. And that's a, (laughs) it's an overwhelming, like, how do I even do that? I mean, that's just facts. Like, how do I continue to support my children, continue to do all my family duties? And this, this is my white privileged woman thoughts, okay? I'm already busy running around doing all of these things. I'm already advocating for my child who has autism. I'm already advocating for my child who has mental health issues. I'm already exhausted. I'm already, you know, my everyday life is all consuming as it is. How am I supposed to take on something else that I'm completely clueless about and don't even know where to begin and what to do? Those are my thoughts. Those are my feelings. That's why Mm -hmm. every time something like this happens, I say, I'm going to to do my part. I'm going to stand with my friends. I'm going to, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And then a few weeks later, when everything's quiet again, I go about my life and I don't think about it again until something's in the news again. Those are facts. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that's not okay. That's not okay. Yeah. I, well, sorry, I guess I'm going to have to binge one less TV show to spend some time reading some books and studying some history and having meaningful conversations with people so that I can learn what the next step is, what the next thing is that I can do. Well, God forbid, I don't get to, you know, watch some real housewives while I do some good for the people in my world. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well, I guess, you know what, because every black woman in this country has children that she's managing their needs and households that she's managing its need and work that she's going to every day, but she still finds time to fight for her kids' mm-hmm. lives. And for what should have been done. Equality. Yeah. What? Yeah. The equality that she should never have had to fight for. She still manages to yeah. do all of those things and fight for those things. And stay up at night worried that her child isn't going to make it home. Yeah. And it's, it. you know, it's funny when I think, okay, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm here with my kids. Like, what am I how am I going to change anything? You know, like here I am in Othello, like, you know, how, but it's, it just really, like you said, it starts at home. And the funny thing is, is like, I ask, which I don't even know if it's funny. I don't even know if I should say that, but I, I'm explaining this to my kids and I'm explaining how people are treated. And it's like, I tell my, like, like I'm talking to my son and I, and he's like, what do you mean? I love black people. He's like, they're the best athletes. And he's like, I wish I was black. They're taller. They're stronger. They have better hair. Like, you know, and so I'm thinking that's what he sees. Yeah. So in his mind, he doesn't see the struggle. Yeah. He doesn't see the fight that they are in because all he sees is what he sees on TV, (laughs) you know? And even Eddie goes, 
mom, they're way, they're the best dancers. <laughs> like, you know, my kids, that's what they see. Like Liv wants to marry a black guy because she thinks they have the most beautiful children. Like <laughs> she's like, they're the only ones that are going to be as tall as me. Like my kids, that's, that's what they see. Yeah. Because that's what we see on TV, you know? And, but it's like, I want to, I need to open their eyes to, they're not just tall. <laughs> they're not just athletic. They're not just good dancers with good rhythm and can sing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I need to open their eyes to, this is who they are as people. Yeah. And this is, this is where they've come from. And we need to cheer them on and be advocates for where they need to go. And, um, well, you know, so like I, the things that our kids appreciate about, (laughs) you know, about black people are the things that we've, as a white culture have exploited or, you know, that's the, those are the things that our kids see that, they look up to are the things that we've exploited of from them that, you know, yeah. And, and not that those things aren't to be appreciated and loved and, you know, those are wonderful things, but when, yeah, like you said, when you separate them from the struggle and from there's, there's not a, a full picture. Yeah. And full appreciation because yes, I feel that responsibility to say, you know, you guys, I get what you're saying, but there's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more to these people and the strength and the determination and the resilience to, I mean, can you imagine living hundreds of years fighting the same fight with no real resolution and continuing to get up every morning and fight it again. Shit. We can't even stay in our homes for three months without whining and complaining and losing it and having to go on antidepressants and all of these things. Like we're fighting some fight that is so minimal compared to, (laughs) compared to what black people have been fighting in this country for however long. And, we're worn down after two and a half months. And yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, so this is what I'm doing. I mean, it's, it's minimal, (laughs) but it's a start. And so, well, first of all, the first thing that I had to do was resolve in myself that I'm not going to be silent. And that might seem really silly, but I like to keep everybody happy in my my sphere of influence in my world. And so as much as for a very long time, I have made my opinion known that I don't support racism whenever there's... Um, a, sh- a shooting or, you know, a, a crime against black people by police officers. I, mm-hmm. there are people in my life who have said things like, well, it wouldn't have happened if they would have been obeying the law or, you know, whatever. 
mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I stay silent. And I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want them to be angry at me and I don't want them to, uh, I don't want to offend them in their own home, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just quiet and they probably know that my silence means that I don't agree with them, but I don't go anywhere beyond that. And I had to make a decision that I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's, I don't know if that sounds as silly as it feels in my mind that that's such a basic stupid thing to resolve in myself, but that's what I had to do. That's where I was at. And so, um, I don't know what that's going to look like the next time I'm around one of those people, but Mm -hmm. that, that is what it is. And even saying that right now, it seems so small that that was such a thing for me to have to overcome, but I don't know. It is what it is. So, and then I'm just, I'm trying to, to find resources of, and thank goodness this is such a time that people like Jen Hatmaker or, you know, people who I have put in my life as, even though they're not like people that I know, like mentors that I'm learning from right now. Yeah. That, and mm-hmm. so that they are speaking to leaders and, and black women and men who have resources. So go to this website, go read this book, you know, Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is what you can do to be allies and advocates. And so freaking go to Google and do a search of, you know, how to be a black ally, because right now there's so many resources and that's just, I mean, like you said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right things are, um, but I want to do them. And so, yeah. Well, when you feel like you don't know what to do and you're like, oh, this is so small, but it's something. Yes. It's something. Yeah. And that's better than nothing. Yeah. That's better than just sitting back and being silent. Yeah. I just, yeah, it, it's, it's just heavy. It's just heavy to know, like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, it, it's hard too for me because you know, my husband is law in law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have best friends whose husbands are police officers. And so I feel that, you know, I feel that being torn. Yeah. Because I want to, you know, I want to scream on my Instagram, not all police officers are racist, yeah. you know, like I want to, you know, they're, they are good, but it's like right now they don't need me. Yeah. No, they don't need, they don't need my defense right now. No. And they don't need my voice right now. Yeah. And yes, my husband is in law enforcement and, but I, and I know that he's a good man and that he would never do that. But that arena doesn't need my support right now. And there is a people that, that need me to speak up yeah right now that's so good nicole that's so that's so good and that's exactly the heart that we need to have and i think i think it's so powerful to hear your voice say those things because you do live in a sheltered community and in a sheltered life and 
and in a place where last week it was it was still okay and and coming from a good place in your heart to say I'm colorblind and but to go through this process and see that's probably not the best way to approach this and yeah I I just I think and I hope that it's okay for me to say this but I think that you're a picture of exactly the way our hearts need to be turning right now um because it's true like it's it's authentic it's genuine it's it's going from a place of and i don't mean ignorance in a bad way but it's going from a place of ignorance of because of living in that sheltered world your whole life you have lived in a town that has maybe three black families you have you know what i mean yeah. it's not yeah you're not surrounded by all of this it's not it's not um it's it's not something that's all around you that's affecting your life on a daily basis where for me living in a city living in a diverse community uh-huh, uh-huh. but to hear this process for you over even this last week and those heart changes in you and those perspective changes in you is so incredibly valuable and powerful and yeah and that's where we all need to be wherever we're at right now be willing to take a step further and i was trying to explain it like how do you explain it to you know, a nine-year-old, Yeah, you know, and he, he's looking at me and he's, cause I, we really haven't watched the news. Yeah. And especially since COVID it's been kind of like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah. You know? And, but, but my older kids have seen it on social media, but then there's Eddie and Wesley who of course don't have social media. And so they had no idea what was going on. And how do you explain it to a nine-year-old and a five-year-old who idolize police officers. Yeah, yeah. You know, their dad carries a badge. Like, and so it's like, I, you know, and it was almost like they were so confused. Yeah. And they were so like, just perplexed. Like, what do you mean a police officer would do that? And it's like, I had to explain like that man, there are men, there are police officers who even before before they were given that badge, they had hate in their heart. And, and then they were given a badge and they were given power. And so then they use that authority and they use that badge and they use their hate against people just because of the color of their skin. And it was like, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's an alien concept yeah. to us here, you know? And, but it's like, I needed my kids to understand that it's the hate, it's the hate in their heart, the evil, yeah, the evilness in their heart. It wasn't, you know, and then they had, then they had that in their heart and used their power and used their authority for wrong. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just so hard. Like, how do you explain that to little, little kids? Yeah. And, you know, and then you also have to explain that like anyone, 
anyone could have that hate in their heart. Yeah. There's an account on Instagram called The Conscious Kid. And it's the last few days they've had a lot of resources about how to talk to your kids, how to start the conversations with your kids and some books and, you know, Uh different things. And then they also talk about how talking is not enough and what to do next. And so Uh um, that I haven't gone too deeply in it, but I, that's definitely a resource that I'm going to use. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to look into that too. Yeah. And I'll, again, I'll put that link, the conscious kid on, on the show notes. The other thing I was thinking about, it's like I woke up this morning. It's like, and I know it was God because I woke up and I just kept waking up and making myself go back to sleep. And it was like 3.30 and then I would go back to sleep and then I would wake up and it's like, I just kept thinking about it. And it's like, I was trying to think of what to say today. Yeah. And... I mean, you know, you and I have had the, com- had the quick little text conversation, like, should we do this or should we not? And it was like, I woke up this morning and it was like, I know, you know, people keep talking about changing legislation and that it has to start at the top and, you know, making them see that there needs to be change and yada, yada. But I'm like, as, as a woman who... I've repeatedly called myself a Christian woman. I have repeatedly said, even on the podcast, that I'm a Christian and that I go to church. And it's like, I can say as a Christian woman that that's where it needs to start. Like it needs to start in the hearts of people and in the heart of church. Church people, you know, church people can sing their songs and people, who, you know, Sunday morning they get up and they look so, you know, put on their nice dress and they go to church and they raise their hands and they sing their pretty songs. But those same people will go to a store and if they see a black man walking past them, they hold their purse a little bit tighter, Yeah, you know, and it's like. Even though I can say myself that I don't do that and I don't feel that way, part of me feels like I need to stand here representing Christians, quote unquote Christians, and just say like, we represent Jesus, but where is our heart? Yeah. You know, we... Not just, you know, the words that come out of our mouth sound so pretty. It's like, where is your heart? Yeah. Where are your thoughts? You know, Jesus, Jesus sat with all people, the homosexuals, the sick, the black, the brown, the unlovely. Jesus sat with all people and... I don't know. I just kind of felt like I needed to say something. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard, because I have, you know, I have been proud to say that I'm a Christian and I have been proud to say that I do go to church and, but it's like, 
I feel like if the hearts, if the hearts of people can change, all people can change. Yeah. Not just your actions, not just the, you know, the nice little words that come out of your mouth, but your heart. Yeah. And your thoughts. It's all part of the work, you know? Yeah. And it's, we have to get, we have to stop being so committed to being comfortable. Yeah. Or looking the other way or thinking that it doesn't, well, it doesn't affect me because I live here. Yeah. No, it does. It does. And just because you're not experiencing it in your own little circle does not mean that it doesn't exist. Yeah. In our nation, the nation that we are living in and raising our children to live in. Yeah. I, not to change the subject, I mean, considerably, but one of the other things that I wanted to talk about during this time was how, so, so we have, a we have protests going on around our country right now. I think what I heard this morning was 75 cities have been actively involved in, and probably larger cities, you know, is what they're drawing attention to, but we're up to 75 major U S cities who are part of protesting. Now. I don't know that I remember ever, like even during Rodney King in the nineties, I don't remember (laughs) there being that large number of cities involved in active daily protests. Like, like we are now. Um, yeah. And, and, and there's peaceful, protests and then there's um rioting looting and and i and i understand that um a better term for that is uprising i think that there's a part of that a part of that anger that has been boiling for so long and silenced for so long um that it does end in an uprising. It does end in, in, in riots that don't look pretty, that are hurtful and harmful to property and all of that. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that there is a portion of the black community and that is part of their uprising. And honestly, and this, I, I hope that this comes with the love and concern that I mean it with. There's part of me that says, if it gets to the point that it's the only way for the voices to be heard, then let the cities burn. Now, that's a very, that's a very bold statement. And I, you know, and, and that's why I say, I hope that it's heard with the love that I mean it, because there's also the other side of that coin that so much of the destruction and the anger and the things that are going on are not even white people. And they're not, or they're not even black people. They're white people. And it, It's not even white people who are trying to stand for a cause. It's white people who are sowing more division and more hatred against black people. Yeah. I saw that too. And it pissed me off. And more and more over the last couple of days, it's coming out and there's just picture after picture and video after video of it's, and, and, and I'm, it's not to say that there aren't black people who have that amount of anger and unrest in them that would feel that their voice could only come out in that way. And, and if that's the case, I understand, I understand. I mean, when I say if that's what has, if, 
if burning down the cities is what has to happen to get change to happen in our country, then let them burn. When I say that, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't want that to happen, but whatever we have to do to get to that place where we have true actual change in our country, then I'm for it. And I know that sounds crazy to say, and like, probably Mm -hmm. like just a nut job, but it's cities. It's like, it's like when, when, um, they decided when, and, and I don't, you know, the Bible better than I do, but when they tore down the temples, like, I feel like if we have to tear some things down to get to this Mm -hmm. next place, then let's just tear it down. Let's, you know, if, if it costs my comfort, if it costs, you know, our feelings of safety and then fine, tear it down. I just want us to get to a place where we are all human and equal and loved and respected. Yeah. It, when I was watching the, the riots and the looting and it it just made me sad Mm -hmm. because I wanted to tell them like, no, like you're, what everyone's saying about you, you know, you're not making it any better. You know, like, I don't want people to keep thinking of you as thugs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's like, I get, and so that's, you know, and then I want to tell them at the same time, like violence, you cannot respond to violence with more violence. Mm -hmm. But then when I hear you say what you just said, like, I get that too. So it's like, you know, once again, I've never been in that place. Right. I've never been in that, in their shoes and walked a day. Yeah. I've never, never walked a day in their shoes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what that. Right. That emotion feels like. Right. And I can't sit here and judge them when I don't know. Right. You know, it breaks my heart to see people that angry and that hurting that that's what they feel like they have to do. Yeah. Um, while we've been recording, Glennon Doyle posted something and I, I think it's so good. I want to read it to you and to everyone because it's exactly what we're talking about of what do we do or we don't have answers. And so this is what Glennon Doyle says on her Instagram. I don't have answers, but this is what I know for sure. We aren't going to get anywhere until we follow black women. Black women have been leading the fight for liberation for centuries. We need to follow their leadership and center their voices. I think that's that's a very, and, and something that has been talked about a lot is just listen. Like it's time for us to listen and hear what the black leaders of our world are saying and then take that and amplify it because our voices, when we, it's like a, it's like a chorus of voices when, when, when <laughs> I'm not a good singer and I was, I was only allowed to mouth the words during choir when, <laughs> because I, <laughs> because I'm apparently not a good singer. Um, but I do know that <laughs> during choir, like, watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> yes, someone would have the note, whoever it was that was leading the worship or leading the chorus would have the note and everybody would listen 
when, you know, when they were figuring out a new song or figuring out, so they would listen to whoever it was, the leader that had that note, and then they would add, slowly start to chime in. So we have to listen to what the note is and then lend our voices to it and amplify it and make it louder and louder and louder and louder. But first we have to listen. And so to get the right note, otherwise it's going to sound like a hot mess and it's not, you know, if we're all saying our own different things, then it's Mm -hmm. not going to be that booming chorus of, of the voice of change. But if we can get the the note first and then add our voice to it, then that is the voice of change. So I'm really, I'm so grateful for the people like Glennon or Jen Hatmaker who are doing the work to, to use their platform to tell us the voices to follow. Because I do feel like it's a trusted source. I do feel like they've done hard work in this arena already. And so Mm -hmm. to give them that platform so that we know kind of who to follow or what the, I'm, I'm grateful for that, I guess is my point. Mm -hmm. Cause I wouldn't, like we've said, I wouldn't have the first idea of where to turn. Yeah. No, me neither. (laughs) I hope that you and I, you know, Kelly and I, our heart today was just maybe to show you where we are in this process as white, suburban, privileged women. Yeah. Okay, guys. So it's Wednesday again. (laughs) Thank you for bearing with all of the little edits and that you're probably tired of hearing the ding, 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 ding song. I just wanted to wrap up um, after that. I don't know that I really have anything much more valuable to say um, at this point, but I do just want to say that this is probably not a subject that's going to go away for Nicole and I. Um, It's something we're both committed to walking through and really giving our time and voice to. And so I'm not saying that this is going to become a podcast about um, race advocacy or, you know, what, whatever. This is a podcast about mothers. And it's a podcast about talking about all of the things that are not fine in our lives. And if this isn't fine, then I don't know what is. Wait. <laughs> if this is not, oh, crap. This is bad, guys. It's wrong. It's not okay. And so we're going to talk about it because it's not okay. And we're going to talk about what we do in our lives. And so that might be a turnoff to some people. And if that means that you don't want to listen to this podcast anymore, then goodbye. And I don't mean that in an insensitive way, but I can't silence myself to make somebody else feel more comfortable in this. And so um, that's just where I stand. So... Um, Nicole and I have some ideas of things that we're going to do, and um, I really hope that some of you who feel the same way, who really want to, as mothers, stand in the gates, um, 
that you begin to do that and you reach out and we can do it together. And I'm not, I mean, we'll probably check in every once in a while and talk about what's going on um, just in the middle of an episode or whatever. But um, I'm not saying we're, we're going to have five episodes dedicated towards race and um, white fragility, but I, I am saying that it's part of our lives. And, and so it's going to come up, I guess. And it's something that we're committed to talking about when it needs to be talked about. So that's that. Um, but I did, I did just, so I've mentioned a couple of times being women who stand or being the mothers being in the gates. And I, I want to read to you where that comes from. Um, I shared it on our podcast, Instagram today, and, um, I just want to read it as I wrap up because it's so much where my heart is right now. And I can sit here and tell you about all the things that I'm doing or where I've donated or what I've read or whatever, but you know what? (laughs) We're all grown ass women. And if this is something that matters to you, you know, you have seen over the last few days of resources and things that you can do and places that you can go. And if not truly, 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 please, please just reach out. My telephone number is 253-397-6581. Text me. I will text you back. I probably will not call you. Um, but I will, I'll tell you everything I know. I will send you to every place that I know. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to, I just don't want to get into all of the things that I'm doing or Nicole's doing right now. Like this is just a time to each our own person, start our own journey in our way. And I hope that, that that's what you're doing. So um, here, here's the post that I've been referring to. It's from an account on Instagram called the Rebel Tribe. Um, it's a black mom with a business and um, it, it's just really cool. I can't even, there's just so many facets to it. So go on Instagram to the Rebel Tribe. This is in our stories. It's in our highlights. I will share it in every way possible because, man, I love it. Um But today's post says, the mothers are at the gates. We are here to say enough is enough. Mothers are raising the future. Mothers are the catapult to change. A black mother's pain should be every mother's pain. To the women raising racists, the mothers are at the gates. And she says in the post, I'm a black mother. I am terrified for my black son with autism. I am terrified for all black sons. I am terrified for all black children. Too many of our black mothers have lost their children to racist violence. Too many black mothers have lost their children to systemic racism. I've always believed that motherhood is revolutionary. Mothers are raising the future. Mothers are the catapult to change. That is our heart. And that's what I'm leaving you with today. That um, Nicole and I are committed to being mothers who stand in the gates. And... I hope that you're with us.